Can you see all right, dear? Yes, yes, I can see. What a day for a wedding. You know, we would have missed all of this if we hadn't stuck around to see everyone off. Well, I hope they arrived well. What are these people doing? Could they go any slower? I know. Let me see if I can get round. Look out! Mr. Gardner was brought into hospital by ambulance following a motorway accident involving multiple casualties. He was fully conscious on arrival and was able to give a clear account of what had happened. Mr. Gardner, I'm Jill Nowak, one of the emergency doctors here. I'm sorry you've had a bit of a wait. Very busy, as you can see. Yes, Doctor, certainly is. But I haven't been waiting too long, actually. I'm glad to see you, though. Oh, I'm Gordon, by the way. Hi, Gordon. I'd like to speak to you for a while, and then check you over to make sure you haven't damaged anything. Is that okay? Yes, of course. Uh, No problem. How's my wife? Yes, she seems fine. Just being checked over by one of the other doctors. Now, you told the nurse that you can remember everything that happened. Is that right? Yes, I can remember it clearly. Stupid, really. I should have just waited but I pulled out and suddenly this other car was coming at me and, and I swerved and rang into the back of a car in front and then I think someone else ran into me. I was thrown forward, but the airbag stopped me. And how are you feeling now? Oh, pretty good, really. My neck's a bit sore, uh, pretty shaken up, I suppose. Uh, not surprising, because um, I do get anxious. I have panic attacks sometimes. But I'm seeing a counsellor, and that's helped a lot. Okay, that's fine. I'd just like to check you over and maybe ask a few questions while I examine you. Is that okay? Mr Gardner was assessed by Dr Nowak, who recorded the patient to be fully alert and orientated with a GCS of 15. She noted a non-tender abdomen, clear chest to auscultation with good air entry on both sides and no obvious signs of injury. X-ray of the cervical spine were deemed unnecessary as Mr. Gardner was assessed as meeting the nexus criteria. His cervical collar was removed and he was kept in the resuscitation area. Over the next 60 minutes, he became increasingly anxious. Nurse? Nurse? Did you say my wife's all right? How's she doing? She's doing well, Gordon. She's being seen by another team right now and getting some x-rays. Okay. Uh, Okay, right. What about the others? The rest of the wedding party? Um, Was was anyone else involved in that crash? We were all on the way to the ceremony. There were three of us and three cars in that group. He was reassured by nursing staff and was given one gram of oral paracetamol. Mr. Gardner spoke again about the crash and how close he had come to going through the windscreen. Throughout the conversation, he began to breathe more rapidly and complained of his fingers tingling. Dr. Nowak believed that Mr. Gardner was having a panic attack. Gordon, I think you're probably having one of your panic attacks, aren't you? Try to slow your breathing down a bit and keep breathing into the mask. My heart's beating really fast. I feel awful. I'm trying to slow down. We're going to give you some diazepam to help. You've had it before. It will just help you to settle down a little. 
Yes, please, Doctor. I think five milligrams IM. Five milligrams IM. Gordon, I'm going to give you an injection in your arm. There's going to be a slight sting. Soon after, Mr. Gardner complained of feeling claustrophobic and attempted to take off his oxygen mask. Gordon, we need to keep that mask on to help with your breathing. Oh, just, just take it, just take it away. At that point, his pulse rate was 122 per minute and regular. His blood pressure was 102 over 58 and his oxygen saturation was 91%. Dr. Nowak and the nursing staff continued in their attempt to reassure and calm him and get him to slow his breathing down. Gordon, you need to just stay on the bed. I can't breathe with it on. Gordon here. Get it off me. Can I get some help here? While they were trying to get Mr. Gardner to lie back down, he became limp and lost consciousness. IV access was obtained and cardiac monitoring showed pulseless electrical activity. Despite extensive resuscitation attempts, Mr. Gardner died. We've recreated this real case to highlight some important messages we've heard during our spotlight on diagnostic errors, delays and safety. Earlier on in the Real World series, we heard from Dr. Hardeep Singh. He reminded us all to challenge our own diagnosis so that we can ensure we're not falling into a trap. He stressed the need for us all to be critical thinkers. Soon after, we heard from Sylvia Mamidi, who further unpacked what is happening at a cognitive level as we diagnose. Sylvia explained that while employing the hypothetical deductive model, that we switch between type 1 and type 2 thinking, with the latter being the more logical, analytical, conscious thought that can lead to improved diagnostic safety. The challenge for us all, as Hardeep said, is not to fall into the trap of reaching conclusions using only type 1 thinking. Stephen Priestley then spoke with Dr. Mark Graber and Dr. Carmel Crook. Both conversations further broadened the challenge that diagnosis poses, with Carmel describing it as difficult, complex and nuanced, how human a task it is. While Mark focused our attention on the need for holistic approach, advocating for the need and ways we can involve patients, family and colleagues to improve diagnostic safety. These were only some of the many experts we've heard from in the series dedicated to this real and daily challenge faced by members of medical protection. As for our case involving Dr. Nowak, this went to the coroner's course for an inquest. Dr. Nowak was called to give evidence at the inquest and medical protection instructed a barrister to individually represent her. Although Dr. Nowak had wrongly attributed Mr. Gardner's symptoms to dehydration and anxiety, based on the evidence heard during the inquest from Dr. Nowak's quality record keeping, the coroner found this did not necessarily mean her decision making was flawed. The coroner recorded a verdict of accidental death, concluding that death was due to the injuries sustained from the car crash. Finally, this case reminds me of an earlier podcast I did with Dr. Sam King involving a junior doctor and the fallout of being in such a position. For our members involved in such cases, they can experience significant levels of emotional distress, loss of confidence in practicing medicine and much more. So for any members involved in such circumstances, please be assured that medical protection offers counselling as well as protection. Diagnosis is incredibly complex, but we hope that this series has helped give you some practical advice that you can apply to reduce your risk. 